Welcome to the Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean. Over the next hour, you're going to learn how Feng Shui can help you lead a more balanced and peaceful life. Now, here is Catherine. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining me on this latest episode of the Feng Shui Way. I am glad you're here, and I'm looking forward to introducing my guest to you very shortly. But first, I want to take a moment to acknowledge this busy time of year. As we are streaming live, we are in the midst of the holiday season and all that entails. It can be a stressful time, but it certainly does not have to be. When we find the simple pleasures in life, like spending time doing things we love with the people we love, all the pressures can be reduced or eliminated altogether. But that is not always an easy thing to do. We all react to our surroundings, the news of the day, the weather, many different factors go into how we're feeling in a particular moment. We may feel like we're in the middle of too much energy or find ourselves with not enough energy. What we are all probably looking for is just the right amount of energy. And in feng shui, we acknowledge that everything is energy, everything is qi. On today's show, we will be discussing qi. My guest, Wendy Yaoching, is here to share her mission and passion, which are encapsulated in the words, Healing Spaces, Feng Shui for Life. Through her personal and business consultations, workshop trainings, and mentoring services, Wendy helps her clients transform their personal and business lives by changing the chi of both their inner and outer spaces. Wendy is a master BTB feng shui consultant and is a retired airline captain who lives in the beautiful Caribbean island of Tobago. She is the founder of Healing Spaces Caribbean and for the past six years has been an active board member of the prestigious International Feng Shui Guild, where she has chaired the Welcome Committee, the Spotlight Presenter Series of 2021 and 2022, and the hugely successful Global Feng Shui Summit of 2023. She recently stepped down from the IFSG board to pursue other adventures. In 2022, Wendy published her first book, The Courage to Fly, which has been hailed as an inspirational handbook for women and girls of all ages, resulting in invitations to magazine and TV interviews, podcasts, book club events, and motivational speaking engagements. Wendy believes that the success of every life is determined primarily by the quality of energy that we bring to it. In her words, it's all about the chi. Welcome, Wendy Yaoching. Oh, Catherine, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for having me here. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Wendy. I'm so glad you can be here from the beautiful island of Tobago while I'm sitting here in Rochester, New York. They don't seem to compare, (laughs) but I'm really thrilled that you're here and um, that we're going to have some time to talk about chi, which is just crucial in feng shui. So why don't we just start there? You say it's all about the chi. So tell us what is chi? Catherine, chi is the universal life force or energy that permeates everything and everything in existence, everything that that you are aware of, everything you can touch, see, smell, feel, has chi. And I consider that there is chi in the sky, the sea, the plants, the birds, the bees, the trees. You have chi, I have chi. The spaces between us have chi. There's chi mm-hmm. between Tobago and chi and, and, and your location in Rochester, New York. And of course, the spaces that we occupy have chi. And there's a, a chi is, you can consider chi to be kind of like a current of energy that's flowing through everything. Mm-hmm. And when the flow of chi is weak or blocked or confused or unharmonious or, 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 or th- hanging on by a thread, then there can be no flow and there's no power. The chi is she is is weak and is compromised. But when chi is strong and harmonious and flowing well, then there's power. And I believe that feng shui gives us tools to remedy situations where the chi is weak or blocked or compromised, whether it be your the internal chi, which is inside of a being, inside of you, inside of me, inside of your dog, inside of your horse, or the external chi, which is the chi of your environment, whether it be inside a sp- your environmental space, such as inside your house, or in the landscape, of, or the city, or the island, or the country. 
Feng Shui gives us tools to remedy situations where the chi is imbalanced or out of whack. And if it's applied appropriately and with intention, then chi can be restored to full power, to smooth, harmonious, strong flow, and the sky's the limit. So the quality of the chi, whether it be internal to mm-hmm. you or to the person next to you or to the leaders of the free world, and the quality of the chi in a space, all contribute to the quality of the lives that we experience, the successes we experience, and the results that we experience. So my mission as a feng shui person is to apply feng shui to help rectify or heal, that's why healing spaces, the mm. chi situations that I'm called to help in. You know, that's interesting what you say about the quality of the chi. I have found, before I found feng shui, my husband and I used to go antiquing and I would walk into an antique shop and I would see all these things and I would I would find an object that, I remember this one in particular, uh, it was a beautiful box. It was like a catch-all kind of box, decorative. And I picked it up and I liked it and I thought it was beautiful. And we were walking around the, the, um, the shop, looking at this, looking at that, going up this aisle, down that aisle. And all of a sudden, I started feeling something not okay with this box. It's like, what what's going on with me here? Like, I'm imagining this, you know, like I couldn't make sense of uh, what I was really experiencing, but I felt like I had to put that box down. I did, I and I didn't buy it. And I, I think that might be speaking to what you're talking about with the quality of the chi. So my guess, and I would like your your thoughts on this, um, not just the space between us, not just our environment and whatnot, but objects as well and how things can absorb chi. Catherine, you just opened up a Pandora's box. We're never going <laughs> to... <laughs> your box has a history. Everything that you get from someone else or something new that comes from, has been made by someone, it has picked up the chi of its creation and then of the people who's, who've used it. So that box obviously had a history and that mm-hmm. history was not necessarily a, a good one or a happy one for you. It was not a, a, something that was going to bring wellness to your personal chi. So I am so glad that you listened to your instinct, your intuition, which is a lot of what I do. Yeah. And you, yeah. There because it's quite possible that someone else might have found that was a perfect fit for their situation and their chi. Or someone else might have come and knowing that this box had a history that needs to be adjusted can, could have done some feng shui clearing on it. And mm-hmm. in fact, I would recommend to anyone who brings home previously used or previously loved objects, even if you inherited them from your be- your your grandma and you used to play with it when you were a kid, do a clearing on that so that the energy comes into your space with the chi that it brings to you does not affect your space or your chi unless you're absolutely sure it's resonant and harmonious with yours. You know, I like what you said, though, that um, that chi of that box was not harmonious to me or it wasn't helpful to me, but the box itself was not good or bad. And, you know, there's that distinction there because there, there's plenty of times I walked away from a really nice object that I needed, I could have used, and then, but I was feeling it and it's like, um, you know, uh, no, I don't want it. It's bad, but it wasn't bad. It was just, it, it was holding something that wasn't helpful to me. Not for you. And but uh, when we come to our homes, how many of us, of course, have moved homes in across the, our lifetimes and some, perhaps you don't always own the home. You go into a rental place or you go stay in a hotel when you're traveling or you do buy a home, but it was previously owned. Then you are inheriting the chi of all that that house experience because the chi, the house picks up and collects and actually holds. It's a it's a, a, a suitcase for the chi of the people who live there. So it was for your benefit and your family's benefit and your happiness and your well-being, it's best before you move in with all the bags and baggage to clear the place and, and, and prepare the chi for a whole new story. Because at home holds the story of all the experiences it has seen and the energies. And sometimes, you know, the spaces may have uh, absorbed negative or sad or or, or, or frightening energies, you know, somebody might have been ill there, somebody might have died in that bed, somebody may have been uh, abused in that space. So it's really, no matter how lovely it looks, if you've inherited or gone into a place that was previously owned, 
clear it, clear the energy, get someone in to help you, get a feng shui, mm-hmm. get a shaman, get a priest, whatever you feel and believe will work to clear the space, you do it for yourself. Start a fresh slate, start a new cheese story for that home, make it yours. So starting a new cheese story, I like that because, um, you know, history is history and there is no changing that, but that doesn't mean um, a structure can't go on. Um, you know, people can't be happy, people can't be productive. Um, I, I like that thought where, because it's it's saying all is not lost. It's kind of like um, medicine, medicine for for the area, medicine of <laughs> for the chi. And I know that that's something that um, you bring into your teachings and your writings is, you know, uh, uh, about feng shui, using the feng shui as medicine for the chi. So you said find a shaman, find a priest, do a space clearing. Um, from the feng shui perspective, can you tell us a couple, maybe uh, one or two methods in which we can clear a space? Oh, of course. And 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 clearing methods are available to anyone who searches them, who Googles them as well. Mm-hmm. More about the feng shui being medicine for your chi, I consider it wellness medicine for the chi, wellness medicine for a space. Why do, I, why do I say that? Because when people call a feng shui consultant, they usually want something. They want to change something in their life. Very often that change is because they're not quite happy with their situation or, or certain aspects of their life. They want things to go a different direction. If something isn't making you happy, then I think then um, making the giving you something that makes you happy, makes you feel well and supported is important. So feng shui can do that. I consider it then giving you the wellness space, the wellness environment, the wellness energy to continue to live your best life. So that's why I call it medicine, wellness medicine for the chi. Mm-hmm. Very often there are issues in your home that can help, that can be holding you back or blocking you. But I also, Catherine, as from our discussions, you know, believe that sometimes the things that are blocking you from achieving your best life are coming from your personal chi, the inside of you. And the yeah. inside and outside work together. So I try to go in there first. And then once we understand what we're dealing with, adjust the externals to support you in your best life and your journey forward. So things that you can do to clear space, you were asking? Yeah. Or to adjust the space, clear the space. Clear the space, but I, you, you touched on something, you know, like within yourself. So maybe start it. I think it was, isn't it you who likes to start there where you start with a person's energy before you uh, address their surroundings or is it, um, is it a case by case basis? Every case is special. Every case is unique and I treat them accordingly. However, my methodology is to start with the inside person first. And when when I first started practicing feng shui, I saw it as a way to make the outer spaces support the person. And all right. that all that needed to be done, all the all the uh, adjustments and enhancements and the analysis and the decluttering and the space clearing, etc. and the rituals, I saw them as a way to make the outer spaces support the person. The emphasis was on the outer space and its effect on the person, because mm-hmm. we all know how environment affects us. You all know what it feels like to be in a place that you love, and you know what it feels like to be in a place where you're uncomfortable, big uncomfortable or little uncomfortable. So your environment is crucial. But my, as over the years of practicing feng shui, I realized that no matter how wonderful the, the exterior space was and how feng shui compliant we could set it up to be, if your inner energetics, energetics or your inside chi, your personal chi, if the inner energetics and disarray or turmoil, then the results you can expect from shifting all those things in your space like. are limited. Yeah. So I, I I switch things around and I start from the inside because I realize that if the inside energies were more empowered and harmonious, then when you make the changes outside with my help, they're even more effective. It's kind of like a resonance going on. Example, example. We have everybody now doing Christmas shopping madly, yeah? Mm-hmm. Ready for Christmas, changing their home decor, setting up the decorations, getting ready for the for the, the family visiting. How many people think about it, that when they're changing their home decor for Christmas, they are actually doing feng shui? Catherine, have you ever thought of that? 
No, that I have not thought of. Not well, exactly. Can you change your home to create a certain atmosphere or effect on yourself, your family, and the people who are going to come and visit? Mm-hmm. You're changing the chi of your space. So when right. you put up the Christmas decor and all the lovely, lovely things that you choose to put up, when you put on the Christmas music, when you start baking, and the smells of your Christmas fare, the food that you only eat at Christmas, fill your space. You're changing the chi. You are changing the way you feel about your home, that you feel Christmassy, your kids and family feel Christmassy, your visitors come in the door and right away they feel Christmassy. You are doing feng shui on everybody's chi. You are creating a Christmas energy for them. Now, how about if you really weren't in the mood and you were doing this resentfully, reluctantly, you're exhausted, you're stressed, you really don't need to be doing this, but you know your family looks for it, so you're doing it anyway. What's your Christmas decor and the chi that results from it going to feel like? And how different would it feel if you came at it from a place of love and joy and happiness and wonderfulness because you love doing this Christmas stuff and you want everybody to be happy and it makes you happy? If you come at it from the one hand of joy and compassion and creativity, your results are going to be that much more powerful to affect everyone than if you came at it from a place of turmoil or distress. Can you see that? Oh, yeah, I, I definitely can see that. That's why I start with the inner chi. Because yeah. if you want to change your life, carry it on over now to the rest of the things you might come to a feng shui person to do. You want to change your life. You want more money, better job, more, la- more love. You want better health. Coming at it from a powerful chi place in- inside yourself and adjusting your home to suit the areas that need support and the areas where you know are important to your dream, your effect will be much more meaningful, much more powerful than if you came at it from a place where you never looked at the things that were you're struggling with. You never looked at your resentments, yeah. your husband, your pain body, but you know that if you move the bed to the command position, you're going to feel better. You'll feel better, but will you be your best self? No. Okay, well, we're going to take a break on that thought. And when we come back, we can pick it up right there. We're talking. Okay, we're talking with Wendy Yaoching. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. The Feng Shui Way to Peace, Balance, and Abundance with Catherine Dean is about bringing the benefits of Feng Shui to the forefront, allowing everyone with an interest to learn and understand how its principles can work in one's day-to-day life. We'll demystify Feng Shui, show its many applications, and allow the listener to understand how and why it is so useful. The goal is to educate, entertain, and spread the word about using Feng Shui Way to bring about peace, balance, and abundance to one's life. The Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean, Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to the Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean. Have a question for Catherine or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5787. That's 866-472-5787. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. 
I'm here with Wendy Yaoching, and we uh, we are talking about feng shui, inner uh, inner energy, inner chi, um, structural chi, uh, energy between us and the spaces. And Wendy, we are going. I would like to be able to talk a little more about um, you know how to handle our own chi and and work a little more within our own personal chi. But before we get to that, I cannot ignore. The very biggest thing that I think is just so amazing about you, amongst the other things that I have learned, is that you are a retired airline captain. Now, putting airline captain with feng shui consultant, I mean, that's got to be quite the interesting journey. (laughs) I would love to hear how you became an airline pilot captain, and then how you were able to move from that into feng shui. Catherine, as you know, I've written a book. And it's about yes. my being an airline captain. So I recommend that that be the starting point. Okay. The book is called The Courage to Fly. And uh, you can let us know how we can find it. I found mine on Amazon. Maybe there's other avenues. Um, but yeah, take it away, Wendy. I would love to hear. Hey. Well, the summary is that I was a little girl in Trinidad in the very dark ages when girls didn't do anything but play with dolls and become mummies. So my desire to be to fly airplanes was received by sh- with shock and horror by everybody in my life. So it was a long, hard and challenging journey to become an airline pilot. And then many, many years later, I became the first airline jet captain in my island, in my country, I should say, of Trinidad mm-hmm. And that was a big deal. So I became a, what they call an, an icon and a role model for other wow. young ladies who had unconventional dreams of their own. And, yeah. and that is, is part of the reason why I wrote the book, because it's to inspire people to find the courage to fly their own wings. Now, the journey from airline pilot to feng shui happened after I did an early retirement from flying and then I kept going back to it, though. So I never, re- I didn't really stop, but I, I thought I had stopped. And I was looking for something else to do with my life because I was still full of energy, full of chi, as you can oh, yeah. tell. <laughs> I something that gave me a feeling of completeness and allowed me to, to give back to the world. And what guided me was that for all my flying life, I'd been following a lot of um, my, my path had been very straight. I was focused. I was a pilot and flying requires very left brain skills. And the other part of me that I knew I was born with, which was the creative intuitive part of me, hadn't had a lot of exercise over those flying years. So now that I had stepped away from flying for the time being, I wanted to develop the right that side of my myself. Mm-hmm. And so I things that allowed me to do that and feng shui kept coming over my 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 email came coming into my consciousness even though I was tucked away in the little island of Tobago it kept coming on the internet and so finally I gave in I flew up to America to San Francisco and studied classical feng shui with a feng shui master there loved it came back because classical feng shui appealed to my very logical left brain sensible thinking and I loved it home and 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 I said okay I, I've got this and I started practicing it at home I didn't do consultations at that time and then I kept getting more calls more more emails more messages from BTB feng shui and I thought go away I'm busy I have classical feng shui but it never stopped and so finally said Wendy listen to the chief listen so yeah. I went to New York and I started a four a three-year program training with uh, on to get my master's in BTB feng shui and that became my modus operandi from then on. So I have a very strange situation where my house was sited using classical feng shui techniques with the compass and everything. Yeah. My, my poor husband, because he, he built it, would hear me saying, no, no, honey, three more degrees to the left, three degrees oh. to the left. was born with BTB. So I have a house and I am very happy here. It's called the Our Wow House because it's just, has such a wonderful energy. So that was my feng shui from flying. Now, did you live in New York for three years uh, when oh. you were studying? It was very expensive. I fly up to New York, stay in New York, train, fly back four times a year. So oh. it was a very expensive journey, but I, it was not one I, I, I always considered worth it. And I started doing consultations while on that training course that was encouraged. So I've been practicing, uh, you know, as a consultant, I would say since 2012. And um, 
BTB is my first go-to, but I have the classical background, which was my my foundation. So when you received this information, this educate, first of all, before we even get to the question I was just going to ask, you mentioned something that I find very, not only fascinating, but pretty significant. And that is the frequent messages you got while you weren't looking, you know, you, you, what is this feng shui? Why do I keep hearing about this? Then you got your classical and then, um, you were all set. You were doing that. You were pretty much situated in that. And then the BTB started coming up. I, I, I am amazed. I have talked to many feng shui consultants through the course of, you know, working and getting my own education and then doing this podcast. And it seems like feng shui has found every one of us, you know, it, it just seems to knock on our door. Um, you know, can you speak to that at all about, you know, it, do you have a sense of the the purpose that was fulfilled in learning the classical and then the purpose that was fulfilled in learning the BTB? I have my own thoughts on that, but I would love to hear what you think. Tell me your thoughts on it, Catherine. Well, I tend to think, well, first of all, you're my guest. You should be. <laughs> but because you're my guest, I'd be happy to say. Um I feel there is a space for all different perspectives, number one. And number two, I feel that um, it's between having the classical and the BTB, it's quite um, a unique package you can offer people seeking your help. Because uh, very often, one is a very effective method for the, the situation you are called to serve on. And then, um, but sometimes you need a little extra or you need a different method. So it's, that's my take on it, but I'm, I'm curious about yours. What, 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 what was your question now that you've answered? <laughs> <laughs> what is your take on being called to the classical and then being called to the BTB and just how, how have you made sense of, um, learning the two and meshing the two in your practice? I have not been using the two in my practice since I did BTB. I've been really doing BTB. Okay. But I'm drawn to dust off my classical um, education and, and, and sort of revalidate it. So this 2024, that's going to be the year that I do that because mm -hmm. I see huge value in having both in my toolkit. I know that I have classical training, but I would not feel that I am up to date or comfortable sharing that with other people at this time. So 2024 is my year for making sure that comes back into my palms so I can use them equally. Right now, BTB is the approach I have, which, as you know, is, is, is more intuitive and, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, very, it's, it's easier to explain to, the, to my clients. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so how, why do I feel it got, it happened? I think if I had jumped right into BTB from being a captain of an, a jet, it might've been a bit too um, esoteric for me or yeah. soft. And so mm -hmm. I think classical was a very good way of getting me to think, yeah, this feng shui stuff is really interesting and logical and makes sense. I can do this. It was a good stepping stone for me. Now I want to use it uh, more actively. I will revisit it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you started your own business, Healing Spaces. Um, why don't you tell us about that? How did that come about? Um, I know that you have an understanding of a person who is struggling to live their best life, and that's why they come to you. Um, and so my guess is you found Healing Spaces as a method or uh, a terminology that kind of allows someone looking for your services to, yeah, I'm looking to heal. I'm looking to heal something here. So can, you want to tell us about how you came about that? Name Healing Spaces, Caribbean. Mm -hmm. I like it. It resonated with me. And then, of course, it became clear very, very quickly that people who were attracted to me, to ring my bell, as we call it, came because they were looking for something. They were looking for a fix. And, and Healing Spaces, again, filled that. And then my particular approach to feng shui, which is that it's wellness medicine for your space, which is that it's the inside of you needs to be in harmony with the inside of your 
your, the, the outside of you, the, your external environment, it all just felt right to call it healing spaces. Because very often, Catherine, I may have someone call me because they want what they think they want. Let's say they want uh, a better job or they want romance, a, a life partner. And when we talk, when we, we as part of my consultation process, there's a lot of, of, of getting to know the person. When they, we talk, I realize that they say they want a life partner, but everything they do or everything they tell me ex expresses fear or insecurity, or they don't feel that they're good enough. There's all kinds of stuff going on here, but they want that romance. They want that partner, partnership. With that understanding, and a lot of it comes from our conversation and my intuition, with that understanding, then I can look at their space better to see the areas in their home that one might be affecting them in those areas, blocking them, the, the areas in the house is weak or it's damaged or it's not, it's, it's, it's not even there or there's a lot of clutter, et cetera, et cetera. So I can address the problem areas in their house and then, of course, or their space. And then, of course, I can enhance the areas in their space that will help them with those inner issues. So I start with the inner issues. And again, I consider that healing. So I'm healing their space inside, their personal space, and I'm healing the space outside to better support the healing that is needed inside them. It's, it's To me, it's a dynamic interaction between the person's personal chi and the chi of the environment all the time. And my mission as a feng shui person is to make that flow smooth and supportive in both directions. So if you understand that you really actually need, need to, to get self-confidence and learn how to be your own person first before you find a life partner, say, you need to, to be confident and know that you're worthy and not accept a lot of nonsense because you think you better grab the first person that passes. Right. If the problem because you don't trust yourself, believe in yourself, think you're worthy, then we will talk about your what your knowledge or your wisdom or your Tai Chi, where it's about you, yourself. We look at those areas and then show them up. But you will understand why we're doing that because we have already reached there in the conversation. You'll understand that you're yeah. running off to, 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 to jazz up your, your primary relationship area by itself is not going to give you the relationship of your dreams. That's just giving you the window dressing, but the structural work needs to be done. And that's inside you. That's where I'm coming from. So, so when you... I didn't mean to cut you out there. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Catherine. Okay. So when you are working with one of your uh, clients, do you, uh, can you sense that intuitively that they need to do some shoring up of something that's going on inside? Catherine, inevitably. Yeah. Inevitably. Mm -hmm. yeah. People will have, will put out a, a they call the feng shui person, and it, I see it as a, a call for help, even if your issue is not a big one. When we get deeper, if there is stuff that's deeper, which not always, but if there is stuff that made you call me, we will get to it. And when we get to it, that starts moving the mountains. And when we move the mountains inside of you and we move the mountains outside of you and support the inside of you, magic happens. Well, definitely. The, um, I've seen profound changes in some of the people that I have worked with. It's been very, very amazing. Um, when, you, when you learned your feng shui education, you learned it in America. Um, but then now you're practicing in the Caribbean. Uh, how did that go? Was that a smooth transition? <laughs> I was always practicing in the Caribbean, and my North American clients would be online. Yes? Okay. So my practicing because I live in the Caribbean. So for actual physical consultations, they have to come to me or I go to them. So everything else is around the world for me is online. And what I have found is that in the Caribbean, especially in my island of Trinidad and Tobago, there is such a difference between the North American culture, of course, mm -hmm. and, oops, and mm -hmm. approach to life than there is in the Caribbean. And I had to learn to flex. Thank goodness I was a pilot and I had traveled almost you know, half the world. So I was already sensitive to different cultures, different religions, different ways of seeing life, the Western versus the Eastern, et cetera. Throw in the Caribbean now with sun, sea, and sky, and everybody wants, if you have a, a, a desirable house, it's going to be perched on top of a hill with a view of the sea. So think feng shui, totally exposed to the element, no armchair effect, no protection, that spectacular million dollar view and you walk in the house and the front door faces the road and the driveway, but the, the, the whole of the back of the house is open to the view of the sea down the hill. 
feng shui challenges again. And my training would have said, oops, draw the curtains, put the blinds, put plants all in front. But no, that's the, that adds to the beauty and the value and the enjoyment of the home. So I quickly learned to do uh, to to help with redesigning the the flow of chi inside the home to keep yeah. the chi internals before so it didn't just go through the front door out the back door down the hill to the sea yeah. i learned i learned techniques to deal with that because that's a cultural desirability those those those, those kinds of houses mm-hmm. and then of all the different um religions in trinidad and tobago there's you know many many people from all over the world with their religious beliefs and i have to be sensitive and have learned to be sensitive to deal with my clients where they come from in terms of their spirituality and what their belief system is. So I would easily, as easily talk to someone who's dealing with from, from the point of view of Christianity and me talking Jesus and Mary as a Hindu person, a Buddhist person, a Muslim person, an African person with their particular relief. I have learned to work within their frame of reference to give them adjustments that they can live with and will embrace because it makes no sense me giving them things that they are hostile to or that are alien to their belief system. That's correct. And and I think that's a, uh, we're going to break. And I think that's a great place uh, to, to help people just think about that in all situations with anybody they choose as a feng shui professional. Um, all good feng shui professionals will support your belief system. And I'm glad to hear you say that you spent, you know, you were very mindfully conscious of having to do that between the North American way of life and and spirituality and your Caribbean um, uh, surroundings. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with Wendy Yauching. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Did you know that the quality of our daily lives is directly influenced by the design of our built environment? Our homes, our work, the way we move, and where we play are all shaped by the design of our cities. This thought-provoking new show from architect, urban designer, and educator, Carrie Pennebod, examines the complex forces that shape the making of our physical world. Lively conversations with leading experts in a variety of fields engage some of the greatest challenges facing our cities today including climate change, affordable housing, embedded technologies, infrastructure design, architecture and the arts, urban policy, social mobility, and much, much more. Tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, so that together we can design a better world. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to the Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean. Have a question for Catherine or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5787. That's 866-472-5787. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Wendy Yaoching, author of the book, The Courage to Fly. Wendy is a BTB consultant who is a retired airline captain. So, Wendy, you wrote your book. Can you tell us how that the idea for that came about and the gist of, of the journey that brought you there? Catherine, when I, first of all, I never wanted to write a book. I was 
told by many people that I should write a book. And I was like, no, I'm busy. I'm living. My life is rich and full. And then COVID happened. So my book actually has its genesis in COVID. Okay. During COVID, I was uh, doing, finding, of course, a lot of people were everybody home, locked up, needing feng shui. A lot of people coming to us for feng shui guidance, but they're coming to us from a place of fear and a place of discouragement and, and depression. And the energy, the chi, that I was running, you know, getting from my clients and from people in my life and from the world was all fear, fear and discouragement. And nobody knew if things were ever going to be bright again and return to normal again. Yeah. And it almost was like being in the midst of a, a long, dark, cold winter. And people didn't know, they didn't know if spring would ever come. That was the feeling. Yeah. And I thought, you know, we have a choice here. We have a choice to either you know, give up and get stay depressed and complain and feel helpless and unfaithful, or to use this long, cold, dark winter to plant seeds for the spring that will come sometime. So you could, you know, I I personally took courses. You could learn to paint or or or, or music or or expand your knowledge, spend time with your loved ones, rest, meditate, whatever. But you could choose. Two people could choose to use that lockdown in completely different ways and have totally different chi because of how they use that lockdown. Yeah, you agree? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I think that's a really good point. Definitely. All about the chi, and then your worldview is different about COVID from somebody else who you know felt very, very um, depressed by it. And understandably, it was a very t- uh, tough time for all of us. Yeah. I decided during that period that I would like to do something to add to helping people stepping out of that blackness and let them see that there is light ahead of them. And my book was my way of doing that because my book is a story of a girl who the answer was no, she could not. And there were obstacles all over the way. And she did. And the courage of the talk to do that and the journey is one of inspiration and it's written to inspire. So that's why I wrote my book. Now, you asked, how is that connected to feng shui? Well, mm-hmm. when it's my book, it's aimed at anyone who needs a boost. It's aimed at anyone who feels discouraged, blocked, afraid, weak, unsure of themselves about their ability to follow their dreams or to overcome obstacles. Reading my book changes your chi. It gives you the courage to start walking and then hopefully to start flying. Anything that changes your chi, remember what I said about your home at Christmas, anything that changes the chi of your environment, Anything that changes the chi of your insides is feng shui in action. So my book now becomes a part of my feng shui toolkit because it helps people believe. It helps them dream. It helps them have the courage. And when they have those things rolling, doors open, their future opens, possibilities change. Yeah, um, it's getting started. It's that um, once things get moving, I... I envision things in life very much like a train in a depot. Like when a train takes off, it's very slow, very slow. But then little by little, it gains momentum and it picks up speed. And then it's got all the strength uh, and power that it needs to get to where it wants to go. But when you are, when you're stopped and you are in a position where there's no movement, and then trying to create that movement that takes that takes a lot of energy. Um, it probably was the same for you. I I don't think that your energy ever stopped, but we were we were all in a very yin time, very dark, very uh, introverted. You know. However, you know you can plant seeds in a situation like that too. And great potential and great growth can come out of that as well. And it sounds like. That's what happened with you as well, that, you know, you were able to uh, write this book. I'm going through, you know, the part one is a butterfly and that t- I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, uh, part of your history. But the, chapter one, I love the way you write this. Girls don't do that. <laughs> uh, yes, we know. And then there's Wendy to tell us, yes, they do. So, um, but that had to have come out of a dark, you know, that dark moment, that darkness, and then a decision like, I can do it. I, I can, I'm choosing, I'm choosing to look differently. And I like, I like the idea of having those choices. 
Yes. Choosing to draw on the power that is innately yours. We tend to forget we have it. We tend to give it up. But when mm-hmm. you read and you and you connect with that power again, the answer mm-hmm. to any question is yes, you can. Yeah. Yes, you can. And try to stop me, right? So, <laughs> um, so when... Ooh, when, when you talked before about handling your own chi, when when we speak in terms of things have stopped and we want to get things moving again, uh, how do how can we handle our own chi? Are there things that you can tell us about our own chi? Do you go about it through meditation, exercise, cleaning your house, moving things around? What, what is it that you advise when you talk to people about handling their own chi? So, Catherine, it all depends on the person and and what we identify in our discussions to be their needs. What's really going? Why do you want what you want? What's really behind it? How does it feel to you? Why aren't you getting it? When we identify what their needs really are, whether it be physical, mental or emotional practices, then we can sort of custom make a little uh, a little, you know, system for them to work with for their own personal chi. Sometimes Mm -hmm. just need someone to talk to that listens. Yeah validate them and they and their chi starts to shift but there are also of course other chi shifting practices such as prayer whatever your path is meditation practices regular meditation practices journaling gratitude practices intent intentional rituals and you know from btb we have many of those decluttering is huge for shifting your chi and understanding why the clutter is there and what those things mean to you remember everything has its own energy if you hold it something and you never use it, but you're not letting it go, there's a reason there. And it has an energy, it has a a hold over you. And maybe we look at that. So decluttering is really something that's huge and very powerful to do. And usually I recommend doing it over a phased period, you know, period of time so you don't shock yourself too much. Exercise, because it gives you endorphins, which changes, change your mood. Self-image changes. If, for instance, you, you know, you really don't have the confidence, perhaps a makeover would help you. But then you need to work inside as well. Perhaps you need professional help. I am not a psychotherapist, but if we identify that that would be of use to you, then I recommend you find a good one and put support them in your helpful people part of your home. So we all need different things. Sometimes you're just lonely and you need community. You might need a pet or you have a pet. Um, taking care of yourself better, dietary changes, self-care, some, you know, and I always recommend when I find that people are lost or stuck, that they come with me and, and experience the power of an energy vision board, which is one of my special trainings, because that allows you to go deep, identify what your real desires, needs, and 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 and, and are in your heart. Forget what the world tells you. Yeah. Regardless of what the world tells you, what's inside? What's the, what is begging to come out? What's your ikigai? Why haven't you been able to do it? Okay, are you ready to do it? Let's dream it. How does it feel? And let's capture the energy of that on your vision board. And I help people to do that. It's a very intensive workshop, by the way. And when they do that, then you have it. You can see it. It can inspire you every day. It can change your chi every day because it's not just a vision board with the car and the house and the dog on it. It's the energy of those things. It's a feng shui vision board really beautiful. And then armed with that, we can make your home into a three-dimensional vision board if we so desire, because you already have the vision board and we can apply that in three dimensions to your home. So I think it's it's just beautiful, Catherine, what feng shui can do to help change the chi inside. Yeah. yeah. And I feel myself, you know, um, I'm all about it. I'm all about the feng shui and trying to get people to see what a tool it is, uh, a very powerful tool to uh, direct our lives and and really make enhancements and improvements in our lives. Um, I wanted to ask, we are living in very challenging, troubling times. And as you and I are sitting here, it's almost Christmas and we want to feel the joy. And then we turn on the TV and it's like, okay, this is going to take some effort. (laughs) I was wondering though, um, you know, I know that many people are finding it difficult to stay hopeful and not optimistic, but from your perspective or in your practice, uh, do you have any guidance for them? Yes. Read my book. (laughs) <laughs> Read your, I like it. The Courage to Fly by Wendy Yaoching. Yes, I highly recommend it. Um, 
I know everybody is very busy right now. And every day we are bombarded with negative news, whether it be politics or, you know, wars or, or illness. We are, we are bombarded. It's, it's almost as though we're under attack. Our chi is under attack. Yeah. So I remember these things, folks. You, you may not be able to fix all the problems in the world. You can't. But you can change the way that you respond to them. And that's controlling your inside, your inner landscape, your own mm-hmm. personal. You mm-hmm. can do that using some of the practices I talked about and others. If you, if I do offer mentoring, so if I can always guide, guide you to, through that. But you can change the way you respond to the attacks on your personal chi. Then you are able to stand up a lot stronger when you step out into the world. You can't control what other people choose to do, so don't even try. But you can manage what you choose to do in the world, even if you're busy, even if the kids are looking for, for dinner, even if you have to do the shopping and the Christmas cards, you can still choose what you do in the world. No, you can't control other people what they do. When you learn how to reconnect with who you really are, your personal energy, then you find the source of your power. It's love, it's light, it's magic. Mm-hmm. It's in each and every one of us. It's just waiting there for you to say hi. I want you back. Let's, let's get yeah. walking. Yeah. And when you do that, when you reconnect with that you, that big capital Y-O-U, the mm-hmm. light of then you are you become a candle, which I hope to be and I strive to be as well, Catherine. You become a candle in the darkness that is surrounding us and is bombarding us. And that little candle may seem small and weak. It's yin, it's yin fire. But think of it, if a million of us lit our candles, if a billion of us, if six billion of us, if was full of little candles lit, each of us taking responsibility for changing our own chi. What chances the darkness have? So I well, say to you, the light. So that is a that's that's a wonderful place for us to finish. Um, we are we just had the winter solstice, the longest night of the year, the darkest before the dawn. And before long, we're going to start adding light to our days, and it's we will be approaching more yang energy. And uh, I think it's a wonderful um, you know, reminder that if we all just held one, well, we've seen it at concerts, right, with with the big lighter, you know, and everybody lights their light, and then it's just everything shines. So I think that's a great place to end. And uh, Wendy Yaoching, your your book, The Courage to Fly, you can find that on Amazon. The spelling of your last name is Y-A-W-C-H-I-N-G. I can't thank you enough for being here. It's um, It's been a real pleasure. And I, I just uh, can't thank you enough. Catherine, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I hope everyone has a lovely holiday. Thanks for tuning in to The Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean. We hope today's episode has helped you understand the importance of feng shui in everyday life. Until we talk again, enjoy your week as you welcome in peace, balance, and abundance.